Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, where we bring you a very special episode as we enter into officially, apparently, the most depressing week of the year. Hmm, fun, right? Well, yeah, you're right. It is fun. We've decided we're not having that. We're not doing Blue Monday. We're not doing January blues. We're not going to mourn Christmas. What we're going to do is fill your ears with a B12 shot of friendship, fun and laugh out louds. So are you ready? Right, we've reached back into the 2019 archives to bring you what I think are the funniest moments with some of our favourite guests for a proper injection of giggles. And first up, he's a broadcasting legend and one of my dearest friends. I love him. Eamon Holmes. He was one of our most listened to episodes of the year when he regaled us with stories from his past. He is, quite frankly a world champion talker and this is why because he can bring an ability to wax lyrical to any situation as you're about to hear as he talks to us about growing up in Ireland during the troubles and the challenges it brought to -to day-to-day life. The school itself um, was the most amazing school with the most amazing alumni I mean of which you know a lot of people wouldn't understand but famous authors and artists and actors like Kieran Hines and footballers like Martin O'Neill um, would have come through those doors and you know a lot of uh, clergy and um, but basically you know, the, the president of the college he went on to be the, the bishop of the diocese um, he called me in my lower sixth year and um, he said to me uh, what would you what are your intentions, Holmes? You have not passed your O-level mathematics. And he was a, he had an MSc in maths from Oxford. And um, he said, um, so your position at the school is now discretionary as to whether you'll get back for A-levels. And I'd say, and I'd say, um, why, how come you didn't pass your O-level maths? And I said, um, Father, I could do arithmetic really well, like in the bar and things. That was like no difficulty, but all that algorithms and rubbish. Ah, algebra. Stuff, that's about that. So, um, I said, that's because, Father, I want to be a journalist. And he looked at me and he said, do you not want to enter one of the professions? And I went, <laughs> and I'm looking, he said, well, do you not want to be a priest, a doctor in medicine? Uh, do you want to be a scientist? Do you want to lead him through the whole thing? And I'm going, a lawyer? You know, I'm going, no, Father, I want to be a journalist. And he go, very strange, putting all your eggs in one basket. And I <laughs> argued my case. And... He said to me at the end of this, he said to me... What a bizarre argument to raise with you, though. Well, he said to me at the end, right, he said, I've thought about this and I've adjudicated that you can come back to the college if you sit your uh, mathematics again in lower sixth year. And I sat it again, I failed it again. It doesn't matter. It didn't really matter. It didn't matter. But I excelled in English. Everything was AAA in English. And uh, uh, basically, I came back to do a songs of praise at the school um, say 10, 15 years ago. And the current headmaster, Dr. Morham, uh, he gave me, he went to the files and he said, look what I found in your file. And there was a picture of me taken at the co-op in York Street. Um, you know, one of those uh, photo booth pictures. Yeah. So when you were 11 and you applied and they had this record in which they wrote things under. And Father Walsh had written beside me the most tenacious um, an argumentative young man I've come across in many a year. Um, although I don't agree with him, he made an outstanding case for studying journalism. And I, I'm inclined to believe he will go far in this profession. Oh. So therefore, I'm readmitting him to the college. 
Wow. So and you won your moment with him. I won my moment with him. And he was the sternest, incredible disciplinarian. Oxford graduate. I mean, you were, that's plucky in itself, standing up to a man of, of, of those kind oh, of, yeah. you know. I mean, I would imagine he had a lot of letters after his name. A lot of letters and a very holy and spiritual man as well. He basically looked like Count Dracula in many ways and he had these um this gown that he that he wore <laughs> and uh, priests in the morning would read what are called matins their early morning prayers and our college has a massive long driveway and when i was you know 14 or 15 or so coming to school in the morning and and this particular morning our bus was hijacked on the antrim road and this guy came on and said we're commandeering this bus for the irish republican army everybody off everybody off Right, so people get off, and this guy's wearing a mask, a bit of it. He starts Balaclava. Yeah, yeah, and he starts sprinkling petrol all <gasps> over the uh, the bus. A bit while of you're on it. While we're on it, so we get we get off. And, and you're then, what, fourteen at this age? Yeah, yeah. And they threw a petrol bomb into the the bus, right? No. The bus while you're on off. it. Yeah, we you know they let us off. They let oh. us off, right? So the bus burns across the road, right? <sighs> And so we basically walked the next mile and a half. It wasn't too far away from the college. But the, the, thing, the thing about the college was they had these gates. It was an absolutely oasis in the in the center of troubles. All around us, bombs, explosions, smoke in the air, whatever. But however, you got to the college, you went up the driveway, the gates were closed, and Father Walsh is standing at the top of the um, driveway reading his matins. And he looks at you and you say, oh, I'm dead. And I'm absolutely dead. And you look at him and you say, and I'm puffing and panting. And I go, Father, Father, Father. Why are you late, Holmes? And I went, Father, Father, our bus was hijacked at the top of the New Lodge Road and it was burnt and da 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 and they hijacked the bus and we've all had to run down here and it's burning. You can see the smoke there, Father. And he looks at me and he goes, detention. No! <laughs> you don't, I mean, nowadays in this caring snowflake society, they would say, are you okay? We'll get a counsellor to speak to you and deal with you. And I would be suffering post-traumatic stress disorder for the rest of my life. But what did I get? Detention. <laughs> there you are. Detention for the IRA hijacking oh my, my bus. God. So it was my fault. Next up, an hilarious duo of real-life proper best mates. When former Queen of the Jungle Vicky Patterson brought her best mate DJ Gavin Ford into the studio with her, we didn't know what to expect. What I left with was achy cheeks from laughing. This is the story of how they met. Enjoy. So they booked me this club in Southampton, Oceana, if I seem mm-hmm. to remember. I know Oceana. <laughs> is that where you DJ, Gav? I, I did DJ there, yeah, back, back then that was... Used to drop, that was my haunt. Yeah, he used to drop this wicked banger just when the crowd was really going. <laughs> he used to drop the Lion King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for telling King. everyone that. <laughs> the Lion King. I'm quite a credible DJ now. <laughs> just so everyone knows, if you look into me, the Lion King, you can't find any record of that apart from this now. <laughs> Do you mean which, which, which Lion King track? I'm just there was a, the, the, uh, like a no. yeah, it, oh, that's a good one. It was a remix of that, yeah. That's, yeah nice. That's, yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to defend yourself, girl. No, it's, it's a cheat. It was lit. That's for all the records I played. That's the one you remember. Bring up. <laughs> Kate fucking Fuller. Don't bring up the bad records I played. Talk about the good ones. <laughs> well, right. I'm about to embarrass myself now. Anyway, so you're, on, yes. you're eight people turned up, Kate. Oh, eight. Oh, it happens to the best. We're listening. Listen, it does, yeah. babe. It's it, we've all been there. We've all had to crawl out of a hole. Yeah. Well, so nobody knew who I was. Quite. Yeah, frankly. I think the show had only been on a week in your defence or two weeks. Yeah. Thank you. And in your defence, the line. King is a chew. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, uh, yeah, there was just nobody there. And I sort of thought, E, 
this is a bit embarrassing. I'm going to get pissed. So I just got super, super drunk and ended up back at this house party with the eight people who'd been there. Um, and they were like predominantly rugby lads and there was a lot of like male banter going on and it was just not really my scene. Um, and then Gav turned up and me and him just gravitated to a corner together. Started taking chunks out of people. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. We just started griefing everybody and um, we realised we had very similar senses of humour. Um, quite quite an instant bond and the friendship has just grown from there Aww. it started from such a weird vapid place but over Didn't the years yeah <laughs> just so bizarre but over the years he's grown to be someone that I can like absolutely depend on um, even when things aren't going great I think in times of struggle um, real friends really reveal themselves Indeed. and Gav has done that time and time again Aww. Do you have lots of female friends, Gav? Always is don't have any friends. An anomaly. <laughs> I don't have any friends you're at all. You're hoping Keith fucking thought he's going to be the next one, I see what you're doing, Gav. <laughs> I'm your only celebrity friend. Um, no, no, not really. Only like... It's me and Sophie, isn't it? Yeah, my mum. Oh, mum. And yeah. wicked. So what was it about Vicky that made you want to spark up this kind of long-distance friendship? I just think... Um... She's quite good at taking the piss out of people. And I'm quite good at taking the piss out of people. And I remember I had a job when I was 19 and they encouraged me not to take the piss out of people. And to meet someone that was so good at it and it brought back memories of when I was allowed to, was, you know, when I was good at taking the piss and it all come back. And yeah, just, I don't know, just, I think it's quite a big divide, the Newcastle Savannah divide. People in Savannah aren't like people in Newcastle. Everyone in Newcastle is all Vicky's family's lovely. Um, Everyone, all Vicky's friends. I think it's just like, a, oh, new people from Newcastle are brilliant. Like <laughs> this, is your, this is the only one I've met. <laughs> is Southampton a little bit too polite for you? And you, you look kind of like the honesty of, of, a, of a Newcastle exchange. Yeah, I think just people from Newcastle are just like, it's a whole, it's a whole new breed. It's, but it's brilliant. It's a whole new world, and it was like opened up to this whole world of Geordie genius. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I love this. I want more. But yeah, Vicky's the best. Top three best Geordies I've ever met. Who else is in there? Yeah. Your mum. Yeah, fair enough. I have to think about the other one. I can't rush into it. <laughs> I didn't realise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's going to upset someone. Yeah, I don't. So I don't maybe a Shearer. I don't wind up either Ant or Dead. Oh, Alan Shearer's a good Gaza. Gaza. Yeah, Gaza's in there. Yeah, yeah that Gaza's the third. Yeah. Have you met Gaza? No. Well, that can, then he can't be on your top three Geordies that you've Oh, had. what? Oh, I know. I thought it was just top three Geordies of all time. Well, yeah, you can have that. Who's your mom. top three Geordies? Um, me mum, Ant and Deck. <laughs> Kate, what's your top three Geordies? Uh, Vicky and Ant and Deck. Yes. Brilliant easy. show, Kate. Yeah, yeah, that was easy for you. That was easy. <laughs> Look at us. We did it dead easy, Gav. Yeah. <laughs> you made a right meal of that. That's what you Back in November, we had Alex Zane and Dave Berry into the studio. It was an early morning record, but that didn't stop them getting stuck in to the talk juice. Yes, it was a boozy affair. They made me laugh a lot. They made you laugh a lot as well, according to our feedback on Instagram and Twitter. So we thought we'd reserve a nugget, a kind of bubble and squeak version of Dave and Alex giving you the story of how Dave almost missed his breakfast show, but didn't, thanks to Liam Gallagher. Oh, it will make sense in a minute. The day I would relive to change things, and I've never told anybody this story before. Go on, Dave. But I took over the breakfast show on a radio station called XFM. 
Um, and I, one of the first things we tried to do was get a really good guest in, and we got Liam G. I know you know Liam Gallagher, Kate. Liam Gallagher, yeah. Tried to get Liam, which what, book Liam Gallagher, and which, we, which is which is frisky when you're live. Well, well, we didn't do it live. This was the thing we pre-recorded it after the show. So yeah. I did, I did, I'd done a couple of live shows, and then Liam came in on like the Wednesday morning at like ten, and we pre-recorded this interview with him, and it went really well. And I went for a beer with him, and I'm a massive Oasis fan, so it was kind of like a great thing for me to, to, to do. And then my friend called me, and he was kind of like, oh, you out and about, because they knew that my, a lot of my friends know I'm around in the daytime, effectively. Which is where all the troubles began, yeah. to be fair. Um, <laughs> is that what we call them? Yeah, the, the troubles. troubles. <laughs> no one speaks of the troubles anymore, of course. I'm a changed man. Um, anyway, so um, so I um, so I go out with, with my friends. And then, um, anyway, um, I... The following day, I wake up and um, I'm kind of looking around the house and it's daylight and I'm kind of coming to and I'm, I'm blinking a lot and I'm thinking it's really bright for five o'clock in the morning, which is when I normally get collected. Ooh. And four days into this brand new breakfast show, I've overslept and missed it. <gasps> so, oh my God, no, it isn't No, no, it gets worse than I'm that. I'm hiding under so my I, turtleneck. So I, call, so I call my producer mm. and I'm like, oh my God, I am so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. And he says... What are you sorry for? I said, I can't believe I've missed the show. This is so unprofessional. And he said to me, you did the show. Oh! <laughs> you were properly limbed. I, I only went for one beer with Liam. I can't blame him. It's me. I'm the problem. I, um, I, 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 I did the show because we had all of the Liam stuff pre-recorded. We were, we were playing that out, and apparently I was perfectly capable of going, and this is what happened when I caught up with Liam, and that was all I had to do, which is low-hanging fruit for any broadcaster. Yeah. Did that. I went. I said, I feel a bit ropey because I'm hungover. Apparently, I got a taxi home, went to bed, and I woke up about one o'clock in the afternoon um, and just was so befuddled by my state that I called in and apologised for not doing the show. And you had. And I had. I almost always- got away with it. It wasn't for you pesky <laughs> drinking in the day. <laughs> drinking in the day, which is what wow. we're doing right now. But in fact, we should probably open the second one. Have another one. Come on. I was- now, can you imagine what it's like to end up working with your all-time real-life hero? That's what happened with Alex Zane. As he sat alongside Dave Berry, he told us about the day he got to meet and work with Burt Reynolds, who was bowled over by him, fell in love with him, and then, as luck would have it, the very next day their paths crossed. And this is what happened. My favourite day at work um, was meeting my idol, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, the That's late right. great Burt Reynolds. The late great you've Burt got Reynolds. A, you've got a Smoke in the Bandit poster in your house. Got you? a Smoke in the Bandit poster ah. in my house. Yeah, when I was at school, this is going back to when I was like seven years old. This is how long I'd loved Burt Reynolds ever since I saw Smoke in the Bandit. We were once asked to put the name of a historical figure in a hat, and other people would pick <laughs> them out and they'd write an essay on them. And the teacher pulled out Burt Reynolds and went, Who wrote this? And I misread her tone, and I was like, it was me! <laughs> and she went, detention! <laughs> but yeah, I met him in L.A. Again, big loss to medicine. <laughs> <laughs> now, I met him in L.A. Oh, wow, so what was he like? <laughs> he was amazing. We had this great interview, and at the end of the interview, he goes, listen, that was a great interview, I'm going to remember your name. What is it? And I'm like, it's Alex Zane. And he's like, Alex Zane, that was a great interview, thank you very much. Following day, completely by chance, walking to a bar on Sunset Strip and Burt Reynolds is in there with some friends and I walk in with my friend and I'm like, listen, I don't want to be, you know, you know, the big guy here, but I kind of know Burt Reynolds. <laughs> and my friend is like, no, you don't. I'm like, mm, I, I, if we go oh, over, he'll know who I am. And my friend goes, 
Right, let's do it. So we go over, oh, and I'm all embarrassed. And I'm like, hey, uh, Bert, how you doing? And he's like, hey. I'm like, yes, yeah, so uh, we, uh, we met yesterday. I interviewed you. And he went, that's right, yeah. Alan, isn't it? Alan Zone. <laughs> <laughs> and forevermore, my friend has called me Alan oh, Zone. Alan Zone, which is up an Instagram account called Alan Zone. <laughs> 
I've said it before. I mean, if I see it, I'll So Kerry Katona had a Dracula mask and I'm, a dildo. I'm saying it was Dracula. It was some sort of vampire. I couldn't categorically say that was Dracula, but it was someone with fangs and a pointy bit up front of their hair as a mask. Why, when she knew you were going around, did she not just, like, pop it away somewhere safe? Well, a lot of the houses in the past that we've done, I've just thought, how come it ain't cleaner? Yeah. When we've done dumps. Didn't you go to and it was a bit of a shit pit? Well, that's what people said. I didn't say it. No. I didn't say it. And she's renovating it now. Yeah. And she did say to me, should have come two weeks later because I'm renovating it. Right. Well, that's fair but enough. It looked then. like more than two weeks' work to me. <laughs> it did. Because I know how long it, it takes six weeks to buy a sofa. Yeah, it? it does. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, but everyone has different standards of living. Yeah. And um, so I'm not saying, oh, you pig to someone who lives in somewhere that's not as clean as another person. But I just think when you've got a camera crew around, it should look as nice as it can be. I think my favourite one that I've all, even from day one, I've always said oh, I'd live there was Jack Osborne's. Because it wasn't too big, it wasn't too small, it wasn't too posh. It was nice. It, it just, I thought, I, I straight away went, I'd live here. What happened was we were filming with Jack Osborne in his first year of being clean. Mm. So he was having a party. I don't mean getting pissed up. Yeah. Um, a celebration of how well he's done. And then we, so we went round, me and the camera crew, and um, we're in the garden, and you see Ozzy at the bottom of the garden sat eating somewhere, and you go, look at that man dressed as Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> and it is him. It's so weird meeting someone like Ozzy Osbourne oh. for the first time. You go, oh, wow, where's Ozzy Osbourne? And then um, Sharon was getting me to do impressions and stuff, like, like I was auditioning or something. I love Sharon. And then I went to a nightclub, and uh, it sounds like I'm contradicting everything that Jack is saying, celebrating. <laughs> it's surprising. Uh, yeah, but he'd, obviously he didn't drink at the nightclub. But he, he said, when you get there, he said, I'm going now. And he just left us chatting to his mum and dad. He says, when you get there, just say four English guys and you'll get in. So that's what we did. And we got there and there's Hugh Hefner there with all these um, Playboy bunny girls. <laughs> And I can remember seeing Kirsten Dunst there on the dance floor. I bet you flipped out because of I did, yeah, I did, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes, it was a yeah. Spider-Man thing. And the guy, I don't know what instrument he plays in the darkness, but he had a, a, a headband on his head, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Not on his arm. And, um, and a, like, a handlebar oh, the tash. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. That? I know the one you mean. He plays a guitar, I don't know if it's bass yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. And... Um, he said, Kirsten Dunst is over there. I said, because oh, he knew I was. And I said, oh, yeah. He said, do you want me to introduce you to her? I went, yeah, all right then. And uh, I went, don't say I'm a weird mentalist or a murderer or anything. And he went over there. He must have said something. Because when I went over there, she looked at me like I was dog shit. And, um, <laughs> and I, I think whilst music is playing really loud, I'm shouting into her ear going, well, I've run out of things to say now. But it's nice to meet you. And last, but by no means least, we had Stacey Solomon and Joe Swash join us for a live special edition of White Wine Question Time at the Mindshare Huddle in London. Stacey shared with us a story that went back to the very beginnings of their relationship when they crossed over from friendship to love. Uh, what I wanted to know is, could you single out three posts that you've made on Instagram that you think best represent your relationship so far? So there's, there's, there's one of me and Stacey together before we were together. Then I think there's a photo I of us. I haven't seen that picture. Do you want to have a look? The only one I remember is 
It was me pretending to be a crab. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I was, we were, when we first met, we went down on the beach with like a couple of our this friends. This one? Oh, yeah, God. Let's remember that one? Very flattering face. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went down onto the beach and I, I really pride myself on my impression of a crab. I think I'm really good at it <laughs> for some reason. I think because I was embarrassed and also... Trying to be flirty, I thought the best thing to do would be to show my impression of a crab. Oh my god! <laughs> and and uh, all I remember from our first meeting was yeah, that, I remember that me crabbing along the beach. I think it was actually crabbing along to another crab. At the same oh yeah, time. there was other crabs. He was chasing there. the crab along. Oh, the crab. <laughs> that poor crab shit himself. <laughs> You did, was that, at that point, did you start to think, I quite like Joe? Yeah, I mean, even before I got to Australia, we were working together on, a, on another show, and I definitely thought, he's really nice and funny and a lot like me. And I, yeah, I did. See, that's, that's but then you thought, I'm going to pull out that crab move in a minute. <laughs> that'll that'll seal the deal. <laughs> it's strange that she says that, though, because the whole time we was in Australia, I, I was openly flirting. I'm, I'm, I wasn't Yeah, but shy I was. You just didn't recognise no, Joe. No, do you know what? Knowing you as I do, I would love to see Joe openly flirt. I was flirt. openly flirting with her. But she was literally saying to me, there's no point. There's no point. Stop flirting. There's no point. So she keeps shooting me down. And now she's telling me that was her flirting. I'm like, what? I didn't want to be too available. You know what it's like. <laughs> and then, and then to set out as well. But whenever I, you know, if you think, when you've got kids, if you think something's going somewhere, I always feel the need to be like, I have two kids, a cat, a dog, and a really big mortgage. Do you still want to go out oh, with me? And, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like, on that was like, I've got kids, a dog, a really big mortgage, and I want more kids as well. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, is that what you said, Stace? be up front from the beginning. You went straight in. I did, because yeah. I thought I really liked Here's my person. terms and conditions. Yeah, So that was taken from our very first live recording of White Wine Question Time. This year, we're going to be doing lots more live recordings, so you could come along and join us if you fancy that. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at White Wine QT, where all details will be dropped and regular updates posted. But before we do, next week, I have got an incredibly interesting man joining me. Oh my, we're in a marina! About to step aboard the UK's favourite Saturday morning TV chefs. Oh, I'm going to call it a boat, but is it a yacht? I don't know. James Martin, what am I on? You, you can call it a boat if you want. It's very nice. Is it? It's so <laughs> fancy! Are you ready? There's trouble for... getting rid of you out of the house, like, not getting rid of you out here, are we? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not leaving. Where are we going? <laughs> so we're going to be setting sail. Uh, James is going to be taking on three thought-provoking questions over three gin and tonics. We've gone gin this week. Uh, so that's White Wine Question Time with James Martin next week. As always, White Wine Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, and Caitlin Mercer for Yahoo UK, and editing is by Callum goddard Mocklo. God love him. Our music is composed by the marvellous Andy Bell, whose back catalogue is available on iTunes and Spotify with Oasis Ride and his solar material. I'll be back next week. Don't forget, you can now access via Google Home and Alexa your favourite podcast, like White Wine Question Time, so you don't need headphones. All you need to do is instruct your home device to take you to the latest episode of White Wine Question Time. Try it now. Switch it on. Alexa, take me to the latest episode of White Wine Question Time told you it works or if you're not with alexa and you're a google home device owner try this okay google give me the latest episode of white wine question time it's good isn't it <laughs>